Welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this is a weekly show that explores the intersection of security, technology, and humans. I spend 5 to 20 hours a week consuming books, articles, and podcasts, which I then turn into a concise 15 to 30 minute summary and analysis. There's a summary episode every week, as well as periodic standalone episodes that are either me sharing an idea on a topic or discussing one with a guest. The goal is twofold, to keep you up to date on the absolute latest in security and technology, and to explore ideas that hopefully give you something to think about. All right, welcome to episode 194. Going to start off with security news. Not sure how this isn't a bigger story. I guess it's starting to break a little bit, but Saudi Arabia just shut down half of its oil production after a number of drones attacked the largest oil processing plant in the world which Saudi Arabia owns. Yemeni rebels claimed credit, but the U.S. blames Iran. And evidently, this is like 5% of all oil production. And it was actually attacked by a swarm of drones in some sort of way. I don't know if they like dive-bombed it or they dropped things on it. Not too much detail there, but I would love to know more. DNS over HTTPS is coming to Chrome as well, so it's not just Firefox. So this is basically where browsers have a preferred DNS server, which works over HTTPS. And therefore, ISPs won't be able to see every DNS request that users make. And this will be a good thing for reducing the risk of ISPs and other other actors with access to ISP logs, seeing what people are requesting. But it does raise questions around filtering, you know, CDNs and other major components of the status quo. The big story here is that Firefox was getting a lot, you know, Mozilla was getting a lot of pressure about this because a lot of people are upset that it's going to make it harder to do filtering. And uh, and now Google's coming out and saying they're going to do the same. So basically, the, the way it ties to the browser is that the browser's going to, it looks like it's going to have a preferred DNS server, which is one of these servers that works over HTTPS. So in the case of Firefox, they're using Cloudflare server, I believe. It might be the 1.1 server, or maybe it's a different one. But either way, the browser is using that DNS server. And so anything that you request within that browser is going to go down that HTTPS pipe so the ISP can't see the resolution. So I I think ISPs are upset because they're just kind of getting cut out of the middle And they're losing a lot of power in this conversation. The other issue is that people who rely on the ISP to get information about users, they're also going to be fighting this. So I think it's an interesting conversation to watch unfold. A couple of coal-fired pen testers got arrested and are still in custody for trying to break into a courthouse that they were actually paid to break into. Evidently, it's not clear whether the physical part was actually in scope or not. So it wasn't a matter of having a get-out-of-jail-free card, and they didn't have one, so it was their fault. I think everyone knows at this point that they were doing it thinking it was okay. So it's not like they're in trouble because they can't figure out if they were pen testers or not. I think everyone knows that, right? The question is, did they actually have authorization to do the FISPEN part of this assessment? So... I, I think it just comes down to what were the agreements, who signed off. And in the meantime, they're sitting in jail, probably having a good time 
uh, mentally working on their DEFCON slides. Researchers in Vancouver have discovered sensitive medical information being broadcasted unencrypted over paging systems throughout the city. I've been a longtime radio person. I love scanners. I used to be heavy into it. I might get back into it as well, but too many hobbies. But the idea here is the paging systems, you just hear this kind of this header that comes out. I, I forget what it sounds like, but they just start broadcasting all sorts of crap. And I, I was listening to this stuff back in, I don't know, I guess the mid nineties or early nineties or whatever. And yeah, it had all sorts of stuff on it. So I imagine it's still mostly the same, but in uh, Vancouver, evidently they're broadcasting PII over it. So it appears we've had our first reported disruptive cyber event involving the U.S. energy grid. Seems strange to call it the first, I guess, first reported one. Yeah, I said that, reported. Uh, defined as an event where some sort of outage has occurred that was reported from utility up to the Department of Energy. So I think that's what makes it the first, is just that it was reported as that. And the alarming part about this is that it looks like it was just aggressive scanning that caused a few small outages to internet-facing gear and really just brought down visibility to part of the grid. It didn't actually affect production or delivery of power, right? So it did luckily get some attention um, at the DOE. So they were like, hey, if this is just random scanning from someone unsophisticated, and you know, we did have some outages, not power outages, but you know, we had the network not working properly as a result of this. Imagine if it was someone sophisticated and they were actually trying to do harm. So the fact that it got attention, I guess, is good news. Proofpoint says 99% of attacks in the past year required user interaction, meaning it wasn't just fire away and it automatically worked. That seems high, but point taken, 99% is a high number. ICE has done a $30 million deal with Celebrate, the company that sells mobile device forensics tools and services, which really means they can get data off of devices that other people normally can't. And ICE is doing $30 million of business with them. A vice reporter claims to have called T-Mobile and had the no port option enabled on his account, meaning nobody could change the device his phone number was connected to without going into a physical office with ID. Really hope this is true, and I hope every carrier either has or gets this functionality and doesn't keep it undocumented because this reporter evidently got it turned on but then asked about it and they gave no comments whatsoever. And evidently, they tried to call around, and nobody's talking about this feature. But this is this is kind of like the credit freeze. We really need a credit freeze for Sims. A motherboard investigation has uncovered DMV selling people's information to private investigators for tens of millions of dollars. Like I've said multiple times, you probably heard it before, so apologize for that. But it's not the dark web you actually need to watch out for. It's the people who are supposedly allowed to collect way more data in a way more organized way, namely data brokers and governments. That's where the real data is, and that's where the leaks have and will continue to come from. Hundreds of BEC scammers have been arrested in Nigeria and around the world, some other countries in Europe, and authorities recovered $3.7 million of their amassed holdings. 
FBI says between 2016 and 2019, people reported $26 billion in losses from email-related scams. $26 billion. This is pretty much the attack right now. Momentum Cyber put out a new report that says machine learning, platform consolidation, security integration, automation and orchestration, and continuous security validation are the technologies that are most likely to help alleviate the 1.8 million position gap in security talent by 2022. Meaning, in about two, two and a half years, we will have 1.8 million people who we need in cybersecurity jobs that we don't have. And these technologies are supposedly going to help, you know, um, solve the scalability problem in terms of the linear relationship between how many people you need and how much work there is. And this makes sense. I mean, talking to people that I know who are running programs, this is these are pretty much the main areas of focus right now. 51 tech CEOs, including big names like Amazon, Visa, and AT&T, have sent a letter to Congress asking for a federal data privacy law. They claim to be tired of wasting millions of dollars trying to navigate all the various state laws that contradict each other and or have dramatically different requirements. But some say they just want to make lobbying easier because there will be only one law to target for the lobbyists. Advisories. WordPress, Gutenberg, XSS, XM again, yes, again, XM. Nasty stuff, remote execution, yeah, really nasty stuff. If you're running XM, get patched and think about your choices. Two Microsoft uh, escalation of privilege attacks, Intel issues, D-Link and Comba routers. I think that's the one with a listening Telnet server and Adobe and Chrome vulnerabilities with some updates. Reports, Momentum Cyber's cybersecurity spending report, that's the one I just talked about with how to address scalability when you don't have enough people. And companies, Shape Security hits a $1 billion valuation on a 51 million Series F raise. Technology news, Amazon currently has 30,000 job openings. 30,000 open jobs, including everything from engineers to warehouse workers, most of them in the Bay Area, Seattle, and D.C. Amazon has found a manufacturer for its tiny chips. This is like, I don't know, 20 chips fit on a penny. Really, really tiny chips that will enable Alexa in lots of small devices. And Google is facing monopoly probes in 48 states. And MoviePass is shutting down. I don't know why... We're not looking at the sustainability of a business from a financial standpoint when we're vetting these companies. It, I, I feel like they're looking at how quickly can you make money in the short term, but not whether the model will work over time, because this was a bad call, whoever put money into this. Um, yeah, I think that would be uber helpful. Human news, Volkswagen has revealed its new mass market EV, the ID3, but the US will have to wait until next year to get the ID4 crossover model. And the Mayo is the Mayo Clinic is partnering with Google Cloud to leverage cloud and ML to improve patient outcomes. 
California has banned private prisons, including ICE detention centers. So proud of California for that. And California approved a bill that forces app-based companies to treat their workers like employees, but companies like Uber are going to fight that. Updates. I wrote an essay called The Most Important Productivity Lesson I've Ever Learned, which is about the GTD system from David Allen, which I got into in the very early 2000s. I was talking to my buddy Jason Powell about this, and I think it was like 2003, 2004 that we got into this. And to this day, I still carry around my cards, still have my space pen. And uh, the concept, which I distilled down in this post, is essentially never let any task or idea sit in your brain. You cannot trust your brain to hold on to it. Well, you actually can. It basically goes to your subconscious and your subconscious sits there and accumulates these things. And it doesn't trust that you're going to do them in time. So it just sits there and hoards them. And then at the moment that you're trying to work, it just keeps annoying you. It says, hey, did you, what about this? Hey, what about this? So you sit there and you're panicking. Basically, your mind is split in pieces, panicking over all the things that you're probably forgetting and maybe you should have prioritized. Maybe you shouldn't be doing this task that you're working on. So the whole system is based on dump everything to a capture location, prioritize, pick a task that you know you want to work on. It's the right task to work on. And your brain will actually relax and it will allow you to work on that task. And you could do it faster. You could do it more efficiently and you get more done. That's essentially the whole system. And the first and most important part of it is never let anything sit in your brain. Capture it to an index card, capture it to notes on your phone, whatever. But if you just did that, it would be super, super useful. Uh, Another essay here I just wrote, my current verdict on nootropics. And I talk about basically the different nootropics that I've uh, tried over the last two or three years or so, which ones I liked, which ones I didn't. Uh, for what reasons. And I, and I talked about why you have to be a little careful with them because they can mess with your sleep. And somehow this got picked up by Google. I don't know how, I don't see the, where the incoming traffic is coming from, but I started getting just a ton of traffic. As soon as I posted it, it was very strange. Um, Someone who wrote in and said, Hey, which one should I use? I'm like, look, I'm not an expert here. I'm trying to tell you don't take too many because you will start losing the benefits because you won't be able to sleep and sleep is more important than the benefit of the nootropic. And they said it was uh, evidently Google picked it up and put it in like some kind of trending app, which I've never heard of, but whatever. And last week's newsletter was way too long. Have to keep an eye on how many stories I put in each section. Got a lot in security this time, but yeah, last uh, newsletter, the public one, that was just insane. And I'm going to start doing more interviews on the show. So if you have someone who you'd like to hear from, or you would like to hear me do a discussion with or debate with, or that type of thing, or really just explore an idea, or you have an idea that you want me to explore with someone and we could find someone to do that with, just uh, let me know. Ideas, trends, and analysis, democracy devouring itself, the rise of the incompetent citizen and the appeal of the right wing. This sounds very political. I'm normally not a, you know, not supposed to be posting political stuff here as per my own rules. But um, this one is, I don't know, I feel like it's metapolitical. 
it's not really arguing for a side. It's basically saying that the time of democracy has passed because the population is not present and educated and responsible enough to wield this weapon. And as a result, we're about to get populism. And I feel like that's a point that uh, both sides and all sides will probably agree with. So uh, that's why I put it in here. I think it's a super interesting paper and you should definitely check it out. It's very similar to the work being done by Yuval Harari, who talked about something similar in Homo Deus. Also got a breakdown here of why it costs around $350,000 a year to raise a family in an expensive coastal city like San Francisco or New York City. And full breakdown of expenses and all that sort of stuff, which uh, is surprisingly realistic. 55% of Americans own stock, down from over 60% before the recession. Evidently, the numbers dropped at the recession, but they have not recovered yet. And discovery. First in the product section, still have in here from last week, thanks to Canary Tools, which have um, really been like my favorite recommendation. It's like my go-to recommendation for anyone getting into a security program where they don't have like knowledge of where their stuff is. And they know it's going to take time to get their detection, their incident response, and their monitoring stuff up to, up to snuff. So I always recommend, hey, look, you should do canaries in the meantime and even after, but definitely in the meantime, because when you drop them, they instantly start providing, you know, really good signal as to whether or not someone is on the network messing around with juicy looking things. And the idea is the signal you get from them are only from people who are messing around because they're not in the normal workflow of regular users. So Regular users aren't going to find them. They're not going to know they're there, so they're not going to interact with them. So if you get a signal from one of these things, you know it's bad. And it's uh, it's just a way to buy yourself some time with monitoring while you get your monitoring and response capabilities um, up and running. So if you're struggling with an org, you know, lower media maturity, and you uh, need to buy yourself some time, you should check it out, canary.tools. Compensation guidance for 2019 graduates going into tech. This is really cool. It talks about like the five different components of compensation, you know, like base salary, bonus, um, sign-on bonus, you know, annual bonus, relocation, like all the different components and tells you what you can expect at different jobs in different companies and gives some examples of actual offer and packages, comp packages that they've seen from around the Bay Area. Chess grandmasters can burn 6,000 calories a day and often lose over 20 pounds in a week of competition. And turns out when, um, who was it, Karpov was playing back, I don't know, in the 70s or 80s or whatever, he actually lost so much weight, lost like 30 or 40 pounds or something, just consecutively playing tournaments. They actually had to cancel the tournament because he had to go like to the hospital. So a number of these chess people are training like professional athletes to get ready for competitions because you're like sitting in a chair for like seven hours or whatever. You don't want to lose your mental acuity, but you also like don't want to die. So they are, uh, they're taking this stuff hardcore. And actually 
the guy in the article was number two and is trying to beat Magnuson or Magnus Magnuson. I can't remember some cool sounding name. Sounds like he'd be strong. Put it that way. But uh, yeah, he's training hardcore, like an, as a physical, you know, professional athlete to finally become number one because he's number two and he's been number two for a while. Why we should be using certificates with SSH. This is a cool technical conversation about how um, getting prompted, oh, this is the remote server host key is a lot like getting told that the the uh, SSL certificate is not recognized, but we're happy to do it with SSH when we're not happy to do it with HTTPS, which I thought was a good, good uh, call out. Reverse interview questions, stuff you should be asking the company. And it's got tons of them, actually, lots of different categories. 88% of a, off a lifetime premium subscription to 12-minute book summaries. I just signed up for this thing. I think it was like $36 for a lifetime subscription. And they seem pretty cool. It seemed kind of like Blinkist, which I thought I liked, but I didn't. So this is supposed to be a little bit better. Magnus Shazam, but for art. And Sharp Sniper, find users' IPs in Active Directory by providing their credentials. This is super cool because um, you want to be able to target particular boxes. Recommendations. If you can only ask one interview question, consider using this one. You basically say to them, talk me through a major project or accomplishment that you're most proud of. And you basically listen to all the choices they made about the project. Ask them why they didn't go with this one. Why did you go with that one? What would you do different if you were to do the project now? And basically, this type of exploration reveals of information about the candidate. And lots of other senior leaders that I know use this technique almost exclusively to learn about potential talent. And the aphorism for the week, freedom is the freedom to say that two plus two equals four. If that is granted, all else follows. Freedom is the freedom to say that two plus two equals four. If that is granted, all else follows. George Orwell. All right, thanks for listening to this episode of Unsupervised Learning. I believe ads are not just annoying, but that their incentive structure can malign the content creation process. So if you enjoy the show, please consider supporting it directly for just $5 a month or $50 a year, which is two months for free. UL members get the newsletter every week instead of just twice a month. They get access to the archives. They get access to the UL Slack community, where we share ideas and links about the topics we discuss here. And they also get access to the UL Book Club, where we pick a book a month and talk about it live as a group. To become a member, just head over to danielmeisler.com slash subscribe. And thank you so much to everyone who's already a member. I truly appreciate each of you. We'll see you next time. Thank you.